Hello and welcome to The Deeper Podcast, a podcast that's all about how we can live lives that unleash courageous love in big, but also in small ways. I'm Reverend Sean, one of your hosts, and welcome to 2022. Someone pointed out that saying 2022 is kind of like saying the year 2020, but like the sequel, like 2022, Jurassic Park 2. I'm, I for one am hoping that is not completely the case. But here we are, and it's already been a very, um, it's already been a pretty eventful year so far. Here in Northern Colorado, where many of our people are, the Marshall Fire destroyed hundreds of homes in a matter of hours in the cities of Louisville and Superior. Just another reminder of the way that climate change is ever present in our natural world and how it has direct implications on us, which for a lot of us in the global north, we get shielded from the, the deepest effects. And so we've definitely entered the year with a, a sense of trepidation, maybe, or yet another reminder of the fragility of life and, and how much we don't control. And for many of us, myself included, that's puts me in a pretty reflective mood, really kind of considering my life and what this new year is going to hold, knowing that I can't control most of it, but there are parts of it that I can control. What what intentions I bring, what attention I give, what presence I offer, these things are within my control. And so in today's episode of the Deeper Podcast, we're going to be going back into the vaults, bringing back a message that was preached in January of 2018. Yes, before we even knew there would be a pandemic. Now, the message that's given by Reverend Gretchen Haley and our then ministerial resident, Kristen Saki, is entitled Step Zero. Like, what do you do before you begin? And it was timed with our annual fire communion ritual, this opportunity where we write things down that we want to leave behind and toss them in a fire as a way of symbolically marking the shift of the year. And this is exactly the time that we're in. And so their message goes into how do we let go of what we need to enable to so that we can move forward. Now, Gretchen starts off her message referencing an old Zen folktale that I love about two monks, a senior and a junior monk who are traveling through the countryside. Now, as they approach a river with a pretty strong current, they notice that there's a young, beautiful woman who's attempting to cross. As they got nearer, the young woman asked if they could help her cross to the other side of the river. Now, one thing you should know is that in this tradition, Buddhist monks aren't supposed to touch women. But so the two monks glanced at one another, remembering their vow. But without a word, the older monk picked up the woman, carried her across the river, put her down gently and kept on walking. Now, the younger monk couldn't believe what happened. He raced across the river, and he was just speechless. I mean, for hours, he was ruminating, like, why did he do that? Did he know that it was against the rules? Two hours passed, then three, then four. Finally, the younger monk couldn't contain himself any longer, and he blurted out, as monks were not permitted to touch women, how could you then carry that woman on your shoulders? And the older monk looked at him and replied, Brother, 
I sat her down on the other side of the river. Why are you still carrying her? Here's what I've always wondered about that story with the two monks. When the older monk asks the younger monk about why he was still carrying that woman, did the younger monk roll his eyes? I mean, I, I have two adolescents in my home right now. Two, I'm a 10 and 13 year old. I know an eye roll worthy moment when I hear one. I mean, the younger monk was simply trying to follow the rules that he'd been taught, right? Trying to do the right thing, trying to be conscientious and intentional. And then the older monk is all, I put her down. Why are you still carrying her? I think I wonder about this moment in particular because it's a kind of moment I'm quite familiar with, actually. And because I know how it can feel to have that question when you're, when you're trying your best to be conscientious and to do the right thing, to try to be intentional. And then suddenly you hear a voice that says, why are you still carrying whatever it is that isn't helpful worries or regrets or maybe that one thing you did that you can't stop playing over and over in your mind that you wish you could do differently? Why are you still caring? I mean, most of the time I admit the voice is my own that's saying, why are you still carrying this? I roll my eyes at myself, believe me. But behind that eye roll, there's also something else, some confusion. And because I, I don't even really know what, why I haven't been able to let the thing go. And also there's some shame because I should be able to, right? I should be able to let the thing go that I know it's right to let go. I know that it's getting in the way of moving my life forward, but I haven't. Anne Lamott, a writer who has written a lot about addiction and working the 12 steps of recovery, she talks about a step that she calls step zero. It's the step that's required before you can do step one, which you may know is about admitting that you are powerless over your drinking. She says before that, before that first step, you have to arrive at step zero where you wake up one morning sick and tired and say to yourself, this has got to stop. Before we are actually able to take that first step of change, of the thing where we actually are able to let go of the thing that we've been carrying, we need to make that decision to really put it down. We need to come to that place where we know deep in ourselves, this has got to stop, which usually means that we need to tend to that shame and that confusion and acknowledge it. And even more, it means stepping into that thing that we say we believe about everyone and applying it to ourselves, which is our worthiness to be loved just as we are even in those places that aren't able to do the thing that we know we should do, 
even in those places that we're not sure are fully lovable, even when we're feeling powerless, to be loved especially then. That was Foothills Senior Minister Gretchen Haley, and now we're hearing from Reverend Kristen Saki. I've had one of those mornings when I woke up and said something like, this has got to stop. It was likely after a night of restless sleep, my, my mind racing with a scrolling list of to-dos and things unresolved, so many loose ends, things unfinished and uncertain in all arenas of life, the anxiety pushing me out of rest. Truthfully, I think I've had many of these mornings and afternoons and some evenings as well, of saying some version of this, this has got to stop, in reference to the same life loop. I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist and, as an example, have been known to spend many, many, many minutes in the shampoo and conditioner aisle comparing smells and shapes and ethical categories, wrestling with trying to make the right, the perfect choice. And that's hair care. <laughs> I've learned, I've learned over time that perfection is often connected to control, right? With that struggle to let go, to surrender into the truth and consistency of uncertainty, to surrender my own life into a much larger story and mystery and collection of many lives and many stories. As I've learned that perfection is often connected to a need to control, it has also helped me realize that when the impulse of control is present, likely perfection is just around the corner. Okay, how many of you all have seen the Disney movie Frozen? Okay, and what is that really, really catchy song? I'm, not, I'm wondering if anyone can sing a little part. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Yes, let it go. Yes, well, I recently realized after having ample opportunity to re-listen to the song with my two three-year-old nieces this past few days, Many, many times, again, as one of my nieces likes to say. So if you haven't seen it, you have a many friends who can catch you up in coffee hour, but roll with me about something I learned from Queen Elsa over the past couple days. So when Queen Elsa is singing, Let It Go, she is not just singing about letting go of the need to be what others want her to be. She's not just singing about letting go of some imagined version of perfection. She's also singing about letting go of control, of releasing the lid. She's tried to force over her true self, her magic. She's letting go of control in order to unleash her power, her love, the mysterious dance of her soul. It's all made me think about a really good friend of mine, thinking about a year that's closing, preparing to walk into a new year to come. I've been thinking a lot about a certain friendship, someone I care about very much, 
We've been in a chapter in our friendship this year that has been difficult. A series of things happened, and the way she sees the situation is different from the way I see the situation. And in many ways, both versions are true. Maybe you have a similar story. But I've woken up many mornings with that pull and weight of it all feeling unresolved and uncertain. We go back and forth with very little resolution. And recently, I finally just got to the point where I knew in my bones, I couldn't go on in this same way. Step zero, it just had to stop. I couldn't wait for a resolution to feel relief. I couldn't wait for her to agree with my version of the story. Most mornings I forget, but when I do remember that I have the choice to lay down the burden of ultimate control for a moment, the sweet relief of acceptance, of allowing, of surrendering into what is, feels a little bit like magic. My spiritual director used to ask me a question. It's a little bit like the older monk's question. I only occasionally rolled my eyes at her. She'd ask, what's right about, and then reference the thing that I was trying to let go of. So what's right, Gretchen, about working too much, for example? Or what's right about perfectionism? Or what's right about still holding on to that relationship that you say you want to let go of? What works about it? Because there's usually a reason why we haven't put these things down. And that reason, it doesn't just go away on its own without being tended to and acknowledged. Unitarian Universalist theologian Tandeka, she tells the story of being notoriously bad at packing for retreats or conferences, particularly around preparing for the weather that she'd be experiencing wherever she was going. She'd bring way too many warm clothes or not enough warm clothes and then be either boiling or freezing the whole time. She said she realized there was a kind of disconnect between her, her thinking and her body, her lived-in experiences, and then planning accordingly for what she should be anticipating. So on one trip that was 75 degrees and she had a whole suitcase of winter clothes, she decided to carry with her during this time a small stone during the whole time of her retreat in her hand. Even when she slept, she held on to it. It was a way, she said, to pay attention to her body more intentionally with her lived-in experiences to try to bring her mind to her body. After a couple of days of doing this, she said she started to feel an overwhelming sense of physical sadness. Not depression, but just sad. She writes, extravagant eating, drinking, shopping, gallivanting, even reading had dulled my awareness of myself. I resolved then to try to hold on to this emotional sadness so that I could be in a state of mourning letting go what I had already lost but not tended to. 
what happened was that the more that she honored that sadness, the more that she was able, time that she was able to pay attention to it, then in turn, the more able she was to put it down. But it took really listening to it and the need that it represented, which she said was a need she had never really honored for a deeper connection, for that sense of community and care in her life. It took paying attention to that before she could really get to that step zero, where real change could then actually be possible. We all have these things that we've been carrying that we wish we could put down. Especially at times like a new year, it's a good time where often we are prone to thinking about these things that we would like to set down and so we can fully move into a new year. And so what I want to do now is invite us all to just take a few moments to listen. You can kind of imagine you have a stone in your hand if you'd like. Either way, pay attention to your lived-in experience, your body. What feeling is there? And if you're like me and have trouble with feelings and naming them, I'll ask you what my spiritual director also asks me. How do you feel about not having a feeling? (laughs) Just keep pushing yourself, asking that question. Well, how does that feel? And just sit with that for a minute. And as you feel yourself in your body, what is something that you are ready to set down? Something you feel ready to say, this has got to stop. Maybe those things that are, would make it really hard for you to move forward on the journey that you'd like to take in this new year. Habits that you've been holding on to or feelings, or stories about yourself, or others in your life, or about the world. Maybe something that you've asked yourself, or others have asked you, why are you still carrying that? There are some bowls in the center aisle underneath the chairs. Those of you on the center aisle should see them. They go all the way back think so. In the social hall, you might have to pass them extra around. So you're just going to pass them to the sides. And as you do, take one of the pieces of paper. That is special paper. It's magic paper, actually. It, it evaporates in fire immediately, leaving no ash or residue. So as it comes to you and you have your paper, first of all, I'm going to caution you. Don't, sometimes people grip it carefully and then... Um, then their, all of their worries of the year get, um, their, their sweat gets on the paper. That makes it harder for the magic to work. So hold it loosely. It's a good metaphor, too, to hold these things loosely. Once you have some clarity, I invite you to write a word or two or a few about something that, you, that represents what you'd like to set down. Don't worry, no one is going to see this except for you and the flame and the universe. We're going to offer you a few more moments of reflection. And while you are reflecting, I invite you also to ask yourself that question, either the version from the monk or from my spiritual director, about why you have not set this down before. What's right about it? Because in doing that, you can listen for the need. 
and the longing that represents that and still tend to that even as you set down this thing that is no longer serving you. Now Gretchen goes on at the end of her message to invite people into the ritual of fire communion. And so instead, for all of you, I'm going to invite you to participate in our Year in Review community. This is an online space where for the next two weeks, we're going to be reflecting on the past year and looking ahead to the next. You can jump in at any time. Each of the days, we're going to post a question for our community to reflect on, and we invite you to share your answers in the comments, because we know that often we don't make time to reflect as much as we'd like, and that doing it in community creates not only added accountability to do the reflecting, but also it helps spark in us insights that we may not have come to if we didn't have that community around us. So if you're interested in being a part of this community, you can go to tinyurl.com slash review. So that's tiny, T-I-N-Y, U-R-L, U-R-L.com slash review, And you can join us for the next two weeks. Well, thanks for listening to this shorter episode of The Deeper Podcast. We will be back, I promise, next week with a new series called Reassembly Required, in which we're diving into what makes relationships work, and especially when relationships have broken down. How do we come back into relationship with not only integrity, but a sense of healing and restoration? It's going to be a great series. I'm glad to have you along for the ride. Now, if you like The Deeper Podcast and you are amongst the hundreds of people that listen to each of our episodes, I'd so appreciate you to go and leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast app you're on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Each of these helps other people find the podcast when they're searching for it. And if there's someone in your life that you think would really appreciate what we're saying here, even if they aren't involved in our community, I invite you to share the link with them. Sharing the the bounty of what we do uh, with other people. Well, thanks for another great episode. Thanks for listening.